Hello and welcome to the Rockcast. This is the podcast home for our sermons at the Redemption Outreach Center. I'm Pastor Shane and I'm elated that you're here with us today. And I just pray this, that whatever words are said or things that you hear are truly an inspiration, that the Holy Spirit works through the words and the things that you're hearing, that it would inspire you to draw closer to God, to explore your faith, to dig deeper, to build stronger foundations so that ultimately you could become more like Christ and you can be the church that God has called all of us to be. I hope you enjoy the message. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to continue on in this Shape Up series. We're getting we're getting in shape spiritually, obviously not physically. We've got some weights here because we're in a different day of the gym, so to speak. Last week was leg day. Nobody likes leg day. A lot of guys in the gym, especially when I was in high school, they skipped leg day. Your legs are naturally already stronger than any other muscle in the body, and so people are like, eh, I don't need to worry about leg day, right? We talked about that. In the spiritual sense, leg day for us is intercessory prayer. It is foundational. It's important. If you have a strong foundation, solid legs, a solid footing, then all the other muscles you're able to work out and continue even better. In your, you get more out of your exercise and workout. It becomes essential. If you can't have a strong footing, I mean, how many have had vertigo, right? You can't do much if you don't have that strong footing, that strong foundation. But that was last week, intercessory prayer. And I hope that you have been seeking God on what that means. I gave you an acrostic. You've probably heard Acts, or you could add F in front for faith and call it facts. We approach God with faith, like my wife read in Luke. We start with adoration towards him. We confess our sins. We thank him for the things he's done, and then we get to the needs. But today, we get to move on. Today's more the more popular day in the gym. This is when we're going to do some upper body workouts. You can see here the weight that I've got. Uh, I, won't, I can't carry it with one hand, so I guess I just won't lift it this morning. Okay. Uh, thank you for not laughing too hard. I can lift it. It's not as heavy as it looks. But anyway, we're going to hit some upper body strength this morning, workouts. We're going to rip these muscles it's heavy lifting. Now, I, lo- I want you to use this analogy, and we'll get to Scripture here in a moment, but I want you to picture this. When you go into the gym, at least when I was in high school, the most popular workout was bench press. That was, I mean, and there's a couple others that are pretty popular, but bench press because you can get a lot of weight on there, and it just, you, you look Mr. Macho, and so, but the thing about bench press is that unless you have a death wish or you're just way too radical daredevil you need a spotter okay so when you've got this weight you know a lot of times in in like you working out you know you might have some guy he's only 160 pounds but if he's been working out for a while he might be up to benching like 225 and that's way over his weight so you got all this weight that could come down could crush any of these bones your clavicle easily could break you could collapse the throat I mean there's a lot of things that could go wrong in a bench press and so what's required if you're smart again, is a spotter. And what the spotter does is they're there to just cheer you on and guide you and then just make sure you don't kill yourself. 
Now, if you get a good spotter, what'll happen is once you start to sort of struggle and you're shaking and you're like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can get this bar up, what they'll do, they don't just bail you out. They don't just grab the bar. What they'll do is, is what, and I had weight, a weightlifting class in high school. Mr. Stuck was an awesome teacher. He would measure his arms because he was just into that whole thing. Anyway, he would say, Shane, what you do is you just put, you start with just two fingers under the bar and you just coach, you, you cheer them on. You're just cheering them on. You're not grabbing the bar yet. You're barely even exerting any pressure. But just somehow, psychologically, it's like just knowing that that person's there and you feel like they're helping you, even though they're really kind of not, you end up most times can get the bar up. Now, of course, the, the spotter is also there in case you really just lose all strength. They're going to grab it and then we'll make sure you don't kill yourself. So here we go. This week, when we look at shaping up spiritually, we started with intercessory prayer. We took our leg day. Now we're moving in. We're getting some heavier weights, but it requires a spotter. And what this is going to mean to us is acts of service. I wanted to be careful not to repeat some of the same phrases. We, we throw out platitudes in the Christian church all too often, and I'm guilty of it too. You know, we know the Apostle Paul says to be eager to maintain the unity, to bear one another's burdens. We know this. But I wanted to make sure we use sort of different phrasing here. We truly need to have a spirit of service, acts of service. If I had to sum it up in three words as far as what the, the, the day in the gym is today, it's acts of service to our fellow brother that we could be that spotter for somebody to help them on. I remember years ago I got, when I was working out with both, both my old, older brothers, you know, they, would, they were the biggest cheerleaders. I'd be trying to get the bar, and I'm shaking, and, you know, you're sweating, and you're like, oh, my goodness. And they'd be like, come on, Shane, come on, right? Are you a cheerleader for somebody else in the spiritual sense? Are you there for somebody else to come behind them and just say, you got this, you can make it. I see this weight. Wow, it's heavy, but you got this. You've got this, you can do this, and speak life over them. That's, that's if you, I mean, we could pack up right now after we read scripture and roll, because that's it. That is the heart of today, is as we shape up spiritually, we individually, privately, we seek intercession, and we seek prayer in that manner. Now we are helping one another. So let me warm you up. It's like any day in the gym, you got to warm up, right? If you're too cool, you skip warm up. That's never good. It's always trouble. I know. I tend to sometimes skip warm up, and, that's, and I regret it. So here we go. Let me just warm you up. Just a little illustration I appreciated when I read this morning. There were two, there was once two very successful thieves. They had a knack for finding unguarded uh, entries into rich houses and robbing them of their gold. And so they were, they were both, however, devout Catholics. And they knew the Ten Commandments. So after deliberating the issue, they decided to go to the church with their loot and confess their sins to the Lord. After staring at the grim, seemingly judging faces of the saints surrounding them in the church, they further decided to offer some part of the gold that they had robbed to the church to wash away their wrongdoings. The only problem was they couldn't decide how much to offer. <laughs> the first one thinks for a minute, 
And then he draws a foot-long circle in the, in the, on the floor, and he lifts his face up to God. He says, oh, Lord, I'll throw all my loot into the air. Whatever lands inside the circle is yours, and whatever is left outside I'll keep for myself. Okay, saying this, he threw all his loot in the air. As it came down, almost nothing fell in the circle. And so what did fall, he gave to the Lord. He kept, he kept the rest. He praises the Lord for his generosity and collects his share, and he's smiling. But the second one, the second thief stands back, and he thinks hard, and, and he lets out a deep sigh. He says, oh, Lord, forgive me for my sins. I won't make you pick up your share off the floor like my friend. I'll throw my loot towards you in the heavens. Please keep whatever you want and just throw back on earth whatever you think I deserve. I, I thought that was cool. Throw my loot. Oh, okay. Well, we know that's not quite how it works in giving. And I, I'll give you some comfort today is mainly focused on the act of service, giving your time, your thoughts, your efforts, not necessarily your money. I don't, I don't have to approach you with that. But we're going to begin in 2 Corinthians Chapter 9. We're going to read this together. It's a little lengthy, but I think it's important that we read it together. I struggled in how to sort of, how to craft this message today. It's a very simple, to-the-point message. And I feel like the Apostle Paul stole the words that I, I, like he said it perfectly the way I would want to. But if you have your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, if you could just stand with me. We'll read this together and then we'll pray. Beginning at verse 1, he says, Now concerning the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. Now, he stole the word that I was looking for in my study. Superfluous. He means, I know this really isn't totally necessary because you already get it. That's, that's how he's opening this letter. Now concerning the ministering of the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. Verse 2, for I know your willingness about which I boast of you to the Macedonians that Achaia was ready a year ago and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect. That, as I said, you may be ready. Verse 4, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that I may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as grudging obligation. There's a paradox there we'll get to in a minute. Verse 6, But I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. That should be exciting for some of us. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he possesses in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. We can stop there and pray. Lord Jesus, 
God, I pray that you would just open the scripture to us. Open your word to us. I pray you'd move in spite of me, in spite of anything else around us, God. You are awesome and mighty. I pray that you would help us to glean some wisdom from your scripture. What are you trying to tell us about giving and about bearing one another's burdens, about being that spotter for someone, God, that we could spiritually come alongside and cheer them on. We could help them. We could encourage them. We could pray with them. We could pray for them, God. I just, I thank you that we can ask this of you. Please open our hearts. Refine us, God. Prune us. Sharpen us, God, as Christians. We thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I encourage you. You could even read the chapter before when it comes to this whole concept of giving. But I mentioned there was a couple paradoxes here. Because we're later we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6 as a part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. But here what, what I find interesting is First, that Paul says superfluous. He's like, look, you guys are givers. I know it. You are givers. But I feel it's still important that I just remind you so that you're ready. So here, here we go. I've read you the numbers, right? We gave over, I think it was, it was over $1,000 was raised and given to the Orphan Run for Hope project. Um, I think it was, I know over $800 specifically to uh, missionaries last year and i know we gave over i think it was twelve hundred dollars between the children's home and uh, ywea when there's a need you guys give i know that i'm proud of my church in that manner and i kind of feel like paul here i boast i boast about the rock people ask how you're doing we're doing and i'm like man better than i deserve the people are gracious with me they, they keep coming they give i mean i you know when they know that there's something urgent you know, you guys will come together. So I kind of felt like the Apostle Paul here. And I felt like, you know, I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, help me to understand what is it that you're wanting us to learn today in this Shape Up series. And it truly is what he continues to say. He said, I know that you're, you're givers, but I need to remind you just so that you are ready so that you could give. And in our context today, we're not just going to talk about giving financially. I want to talk about being that spotter for somebody spiritually, where you're going to help them. You're going to encourage them. You're going to pray for them. And we'll get to the, how that fits in with Matthew 6. But here we go. The paradox here is that he says that we're supposed to give not grudgingly, or out of necessity. Now, this is the part that I, I just find really interesting. Don't give, this is verse 7. So let each one give as he possesses in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Well, in a moment, we're going to read chapter 6 of Matthew, where Jesus talks about displaying your righteousness. And we're going to, there's different scriptures you could glean wisdom for where it's like, well, the true mark of a believer is a kind of, kind of is necessary for me to be a giver. If I call myself a Christian, if, I, if I'm trying to be Christ-like, then I kind of am a giver. But here's the paradox here. You don't give because you have to. And you've probably heard this, these sort of platitudes, right? I don't give because I have to. I give because I, I get to. But it rings so true because God is looking at the intent of our hearts are you serving and giving so that you get some sort of credit? Are you serving and giving because you have to, or are you doing it in the right manner 
as a cheerful giver to the Lord, like the Apostle Paul says. And again, you guys give, you give your time. You, I, think, I can't thank you guys enough for all the people that volunteer and help. You guys are what makes it possible for all of us to be able to come and do ministry together. It's essential, and I commend you for that, and I thank you for that. But let's return to Scripture and remind each other that we need to have the right heart in it. Because there's times where I'm sure each of us have fallen into this trap where we know that we're supposed to do it. Whatever it is, you fill in the blank of whatever you know you're supposed to do. I'm supposed to give my tithe, or I'm supposed to pray for so-and-so. I'm supposed to this, that, and the other. We know that, but that can't be the attitude that we approach God with. Amen? Does that make sense? Does that connect with you? Okay. Well, now then, we'll go to Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6, and I'm only going to read a few verses here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. This is Jesus speaking. Red letter, part of his Sermon on the Mount. We had read from farther down in chapter 6 last week about praying. But let me read this. Starting at verse 1. Take heed that you do not make your charitable deeds before men. Or some translations say practice your righteousness before men. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed... Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Let your charitable deed, may, may it be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Amen. Here's the cliff notes of that, and I love it. This is what the Holy Spirit can, can teach us in this. If you display your righteousness in, other, in front of other people for the sake of other people seeing what Jesus himself is saying is you've received your reward by whatever praise, whatever accolades you got, that was it. And that would stink, just being real and honest. That would stink. I appreciate the kudos. I, you know, I want the high fives and the, you know, attaboys. But I would rather have what it says down in verse 4. Well, if I kept it between me, God, and whomever's needing to be blessed or whomever I'm needing to serve, if I keep it just between us, God says he will reward me. Now, I don't know about you. No offense. I love all of you dearly. But I would rather God bless me than you bless me. Fair enough? I hope that, you would, I hope that it's reciprocal here, right? I, I would rather God bless me. Please, yes, pour out your blessing on me. More so than you guys saying, hey, good job. Right? Now, let me clear up just in case there's anybody thinking. This is not saying like, oh, if, you, if somebody happened to see you, you know, oh, that's just, you know, that was your blessing. No, no, no. I think it's the intent of your heart. Are you, do and you know, right? We, we, we'll just, we won't apply it to you. We'll apply it to somebody else that you're friends with on Facebook when they just like, they share something and you're like, hmm. Really? 
Did, did you share that so you would look good, right? I mean, we all have some sort of image that we try to portray on social media and things. You understand what I'm saying. It's when it's that intent of the heart where I kind of, I want the accolades. I want, right? And it's a trap that we can all fall in, and, and we, won't, we don't have time to necessarily go there. We all have different love languages. Some of us love words of affirmation. That's our love language. That's one of mine. I want the Lord to speak good things to me. I want people to speak good things I need to have the right motives when I approach giving. It's not a show. You know, you ever wonder if someone is offering to help you only because they want to ask something in return? Doesn't that kind of change the whole dynamic? If you think that they're helping you right now because really they're going to turn around and ask for something back? Or perhaps, how does it feel if they make a big spectacle over whatever they're doing to help you? Put yourself in both shoes. If you're given a hand up in life, but that giver tells everybody about it, then that, I mean, be on the receiving end. Wouldn't you just feel horrible? Like here, I'm, I'm trying to make it. I just needed a little hand up. I didn't ask for a hand out. I'm, I'm, I'm taking one step at a time. I'm trying, and then you're going to blast this and share this. But then also, even on the, the opposite end of the spectrum, as the giver, you know, you're, you're giving somebody a hand up, but then you go tell everybody about it. What does that say about you? You know, it was Jesus who said, what comes out of the mouth is what defiles you. I think you just told on yourself here, and I get, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to sort of make sure that this is relatable and, and you can connect with this. Because there's times where in our innocence, you know, we might sort of slip and share some things. But then there's times where you sort of, you ponder on what you've blessed someone with. D.L. Moody aptly observed, we may easily be too big for God to use, but we're never too small. And when we read in Scripture, he talks about your right hand not knowing what the left hand is doing. It's kind of like we give just because we're supposed to. It's almost like knee-jerk reaction, right? I've joked before. It's kind of like growing up. There was a knee-jerk. It's like when, you know, the doctor text, uh, te tests your reflexes, right? Growing up. My dad had a reflex. If I said something sharp and inappropriate to mom, pow, whoa. It's just like a, you know, automatic. His left hand didn't know what his right was doing, right? But here's the thing. Here's how this connects with us. I'm sorry, I can't help it. That's how I was raised. Amen. We're, we're not to make, the whole point is, you're not to make a big deal about it, even up here. See, I don't think many of you are guilty of, you know, displaying publicly all the things that you do, because I know you do things for all kinds of people. I know that you're giving, because I see it. I know that you are, are giving acts of service to one another. But here's, the, here's the, the part the Holy Spirit was like, hey, I need you to hit the weights. You're going to up the weights. This is a little harder now. The burden's a little harder now, because you're doing good not displaying it publicly. But are you still thinking about all the things that you've been blessing other people with? That's all the right hand not knowing what the left is. If you're pondering this blessing, you're trying to help somebody and you help them, great. High five. Let, do it in secret. Let the Holy Spirit bless you. God will bless you. Stop thinking about it. 
Stop thinking about it. I'm telling you if you want, because God will see what you're, what's happening in secret. He can, he'll know. If you truly want the blessing, we got to stop thinking about it. And I'm guilty about it too. You know, because at first you do feel like, you're like, yes, this is what a Christian is supposed to do. And that's good. And that's healthy. And that's, but then you got to, you, you, you can't keep thinking about it every time you see so-and-so that I bless them with this and I help them with that. You, you got to give it to God and, and move on. Amen. Men who do works so that they will be seen by men receive the applause of men. And those who do works for God, God's glory, will receive God's smile. And I want God to smile on me more than I need anybody else to. Because his reward would be overwhelming. And that's the kind of... That's the kind of victory I want. I want it to be overwhelming. It's kind of like, I don't know about you, but when you watch like a sports team play, it's like, yeah, we like the suspense of squeaking by a win, but doesn't it feel nice? Well, just like MMA would be, would be a more appropriate example. You got a guy going into the ring, and he just dominates as opposed to just barely squeaking by a win because of like a technicality, ran out the clock and, right? You see the dynamic here? I want God, you show up in the ring and you dominate with blessing. I don't want to just squeak by where like I just barely like kind of got blessed in the end. I'm just, you know, I'm two cents more than what I started, right? No, come in the ring and dominate. That's what I want. And the Holy Spirit is saying, look, you, we are to be givers, not out of necessity. Paradox there, because it kind of is a necessity, but you got to have the right attitude as you go into this, as you're giving your time, treasures, your talents to God and to others. We have to remember this. If we do it with the right motives, the right intent, God gets to bless and it's nothing short of just domination in a good way, right? I love it because here's again the paradox. When we read Jesus speaking this, verse 3, he says, but when you do a charitable deed. Now, I don't know if you caught that. He doesn't say, but if you do a charitable Again, paradox here. It is a necessity, but that you don't give out of necessity. It's when. Okay, God. And here's the, here's the thing. Help me, God. Help me to be that spotter in the gym. I see somebody struggling with something. It doesn't necessarily have to be sin, but it could be. And I need to minister to them, and I need to pray for them. God, help me to be that spotter for somebody. I want you to think, in today's message, I won't be much longer. I want you to pray this week, God, how can I be that person for somebody else? How can I give with the right attitude, the right mentality, the right heart? How can I give and be somebody's spotter this week? It's not for me. I'll give you some ideas, and, and, and I'll give you that in a minute. But it's for you to seek God and ask, what does that look like in my context? I thought about looking up all these different ways you could serve. And I even asked my son. I asked Levi. I was like, hey, what's some way that you could serve someone else? And the answers were a little disappointing. He said, well, I could, I, you know, I could help somebody cross the street. It's like, okay. 
Now, where we live now, the backyard is a pasture of cows. How often is somebody needing to cross the street right there, son? Right? So then I'm like, okay, come on, keep brainstorming here. So, you know, I mean, you could help the cow cross the road. I don't know. But anyway, so he's like, well, you know, I could bring somebody the remote. I was like, I'm done. I'm tapped out. I'm not asking anymore. I feel like, you know what? We're going to pray that God reveals how we can help other people. Amen? And so that's what I pray for you. I'll give you some suggestions and some ideas, but you're going to have to seek God in your context how to help somebody else. Okay? Because, you know, if it were Levi, it's gonna, he's going to help somebody cross the road in, in the middle of the farmland, and he's going to hand somebody a TV remote. So God's good. But here's where I'm going to go real quick. First uh, Corinthians chapter 9. This is just going to be my way of giving you some food for thought. The message is as simple as you. We need to hit some heavier weights this week. We need to be the spotter for somebody. And I'm going to now give you just some quick ideas, some suggestions on kind of how you might be able to approach this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. I'm just going to read a couple scriptures here. It says, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more. And to the Jews, I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, not being with, without law towards God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. Verse 22 to the weak, I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might be all means save some. Now, this past Wednesday, I love that uh, Eleni shared this different personality types. And I can't wait this coming Wednesday to hear if you've taken any of the assessments. I'm curious to hear what your personality type is, what your spiritual gifts are. But... Let me just kind of challenge your thinking here. Could you serve somebody by understanding your personality and their personality so that as the Apostle Paul says, you could become all things to all men? You might be able to relate to somebody through your experiences, their experiences, and share that with them. Just food for thought. There were all kinds of cultural differences, and I could probably put you to sleep with the history behind what the Apostle Paul is saying between the cultures of the Jews, the Gentiles, and I have it in front of me, and I'll spare you. The idea was he was culturally adaptable. He knew what this group was struggling with, or he knew the context of their culture, and he spoke directly to it. He knew the context of this culture, and he spoke directly to it. Could it be that maybe, it's kind of like the scripture says, seek first to understand. Maybe you should seek first to relate and understand somebody so that you could serve them. I know you're expecting a list of like, you know, do this and and do this for so-and-so. But just simply, like the Apostle Paul says, I became all things to all men that I might win some. Well, we can sort of glean some wisdom, mean I'm going to help 
Yes, I'm going to minister to people, but also there are Christians that literally just need your encouragement. They need you to be that spotter in the gym and say, man, I know I am so sorry for what you're going through. But I know that I know that I know that you can make it. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I know you don't feel like it. You might not even believe it. And that's okay. I love you right where you're at. But please hear me. I know that God can do this. And we speak life. You want some things on a to-do list? There you go. You can speak life. Or you could do like we talked last week, intercessory prayer. You know, the, the biggest blessing you could ever give me or any other person is not a financial blessing. It's not a materialistic blessing. It is literally you praying for me or you praying for that person. Just the fact that you took the time to think and speak my name to God what a blessing. Can we challenge ourselves to be that for somebody? Can we do that? And like, like Matthew 6 says, you don't necessarily even have to tell the person that you've been praying. No, I think it's all right. If you've got the right intent, if you're trying to encourage them and lift them up, you see that they're, you know, they're down, then absolutely, it's all right. You, you, know, you tell them, man, brother, I've been praying for you. It's okay. Now, if you don't know necessarily why you're praying for them, the Holy Spirit just is telling you to pray, then maybe you keep it secret. And you let God be the one that dominates with blessing over you and over them. But you see how all these things will connect and come together. If, as simple as it is, if we would give acts of service, we're shaping up spiritually. We start with intercessory prayer, and that flows into all the other aspects of the workouts that we do. And this week is very specific to acts of service to our fellow brothers and sisters. And we're saying, God, help me to understand what that looks like in my context. I know that at first I have to have the right attitude, the right mindset. I can't do this because I have to do it. I have to do it with the right mentality that I truly want to be more like Christ. And then we explore all the ways that we could bless somebody. Amen? Again, the, just the, the fact that you had to think of somebody, took a little bit of time, and to speak their name to God, I'm telling you, that's so more powerful than what we can even sort of fathom right now. We sung about it, right? God has a better word that he speaks over us. He has a better word for you and I. Would you be willing to go to war for somebody in the spiritual by hating your knees, right? We sing, the battle belongs to you, and, and when I fight, I fight on my knees. Well, I don't know about you, but there's times where I, like, I feel like I need somebody to fight for me. I need somebody to come in the ring and help and pray. And I don't necessarily always even need to know about it because God knows about it. And so that's the charge. As simple as it is, that is the charge, that you would be a spotter for someone spiritually. You're going to take intercessory prayer. You're going to pray for them, and then you're going to seek God. How can I, in my context, what does it look like to help somebody out, to truly to, to have acts of service? And I know that we've only scratched the surface of this topic, but today was to challenge you, was to charge you. And now you seek God for the specifics. You seek God for the bullet points. I could have gave you three messages or three points in a poem, as they say, but this is where my heart felt led. It's right here that we're supposed to be the spotter for someone else. 
I might read one more scripture to you. Stand to your feet with me. We're going to pray and close here shortly. This is what I'll leave you with. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. It says this, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So much the more. We consider how to, I love it how, how it reads here. We consider how to stir up this love. Consider how to stir up the works. And that's why I couldn't just give you, I literally, I kept researching and like ways to help one another spiritually. And, and I wanted to give you this three points in a poem. And it's like God sort of, he, he, wanted, he wanted you to do that. Hebrews 10, 24, that we, we're to consider how to stir up. Okay, I heard this past week, and I loved it. Uh, Pastor Andy Stanley said it this way. He said, content consumption isn't a substitute for community. And the idea is that true life change in, in the spiritual sense can come, as Proverbs says, iron sharpening iron. It comes within a community of believers that sharpen one another. Hebrews here says forsaking not the assembly we grow together i need a spotter in the gym or i'm 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 gonna hurt myself i'm gonna there's gonna be irreparable damage to my muscles as pastor don started us with right it's gonna take a community and here hebrews 24 uh, chapter 10 verse 24 let us consider okay god i hear what you're saying Let's just pray together this, Lord Jesus. Thanks so much for listening today. I just wanted to put in a quick plug here. Please connect with us. So you can find us on Facebook at The ROC Ministry. Again, just connect with us so that we can stay in touch. And please like, subscribe, share with others if you feel blessed so that we can continue sharing these sermons. God bless.